of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Resurrection Sunday on this day that we um, we begin the Easter season, and uh, it's great to be here. Although in a different manner than usual, I'm usually with my church family, as I'm sure many of you are too, uh, worshiping. And, and we would hoped that uh, that would be what we would be doing today, worshiping together in the presence of other people. But uh, for most people, we're not, and. Uh, um, we are certainly unified as one body. The church is not a building. The church is a, a, a living organism. And uh, uh, we are one people unified in Christ. And so today, as we celebrate and remember the fact that Jesus Christ lives eternally, I want to begin uh, similarly to how I did last week with some music. And then we'll get into what I'm going to say today, which is a resurrection message. And so... Um, This is Colossians chapter 3. I want to read this to you. Beginning of verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And you know, that is the, the hope that we have because Jesus Christ lives He was born of a virgin. Equally as important to believe that as the fact that he resurrected, he was raised from the dead. But he was born of a virgin, walked this earth, ministered, lived a perfect life that we couldn't live. And he died in our place and rose again and now lives seated at the right hand of the father interceding on our behalf. And so no matter what we're facing, we're facing some challenges right now, no matter what, Christ is in control. He came to our rescue. Uh, Someone once said, we are saved from God by God. What an amazing concept that we are saved um, from the Father's wrath because of God the Son's mercy, because of the Father's mercy truly, really. And, um, And so we celebrate his resurrection today and the hope that we have in him. And so I'm going to begin with some uh, music. You're welcome to sing along with these if you want. Um, there, there will be words on the screen, or you can just sit and reflectively listen if you would like. And uh, I just encourage you to worship however you, however you feel.
Just my decline person Not
Well, hello, and uh, thanks for joining me today on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and uh, I'm going to be discussing a resurrection topic today. And uh, uh, for my liturgical friends, the passage I'm going to be using is actually part of the primary reading today, um, Acts 10, 34 through 43. And it's about the good news uh, called the gospel for all, for everyone. And what I mean by that, yes, I am reformed. Yes, I believe in predestination. But I do believe firmly that the gospel is good news for everyone, not just a few people, not just the privileged, but for everyone. Now, that does not mean that everyone is changed by its power. What that means is that it is sufficient for everyone. And so... um, You know, we've arrived at this resurrection day uh, to begin this Easter season. Easter, by the way, is 50 days. Um, uh, And it's, we're beginning in a different and kind of a dramatic way than than we've ever uh, been. And this is an experience that most of us, probably all of us, have never had. Uh, uh, You know, I know people that are in their 70s and 80s that have have never experienced a global global pandemic. Um, But here we are. And um, whatever you're doing today, even if you're worshiping with other believers in person, uh, more power to you. But uh, here we are today, most of us, um, in isolation. And so um, I will be tuning in to my church's uh, worship broadcast online. And so it's bittersweet. It's a bittersweet time because God's people, thanks to technology, are still able to worship together despite multiple gathering restrictions that exist right now. But nonetheless, our, our hearts should really long to be with one another in the fellowship of the spirit and the shalom that is found only in Jesus Christ. And, um, but none of that, even the restrictions, this place is the fact that Christ lives, literally lives. This is not, I heard somebody refer, it was an atheist that referred to God as a magic man in the sky. And they said, uh, they said something about uh, science uh, proves a lot, uh, but it doesn't prove magic men in the sky. And I said, I completely agree with you since we're talking about magic men in the sky. That's not what God is. <laughs> Uh, but today we celebrate the indisputable, resur- yes, indisputable resurrection from the dead of God the Son who perpetually lives in resurrected flesh and sits at the right hand of the Father. And yes, I did say indisputable, not only in the Bible, but historical documentation that Jesus lived and rose again. Uh, and even that's not enough for some people because it is foolishness to the world. The Holy Spirit must change someone's hearts to believe that. Even in a society right now that's facing unprecedented challenges, as we are, um, we need to rejoice because death has been defeated, sin has been negated for the people of God, and Jesus Christ reigns supreme. The apostles understood the gospel's message. And when you read the epistles, you see that. They understood the good news of the gospel and even gave their lives for its message, as we should be willing to do now. Because if we're not willing to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel, then we have not been changed by its message. And so the good news of the gospel hinges on Christ's resurrection, a proven, again, and indisputable historical fact. And so Focusing on this resurrection day, I'm going to use an excellent passage that I think conveys the truth of the gospel, and it's Acts 10, 34 through 43, and the apostle Peter boldly proclaims the message of the gospel to the Gentiles, and so to reflect on the good news of the gospel, there are three imperatives, I think, from this passage about 
the good news of the gospel, and it's good news for all. So I'm going to read the passage. This is found in Acts chapter 10, verse, beginning in verse 34. It says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right and acceptable to him, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now, there's a, there's a part of this passage um, that some may think that does not go along with what I'm saying, that it is, the gospel is good news to all. Verse 41 says, Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. This is not saying that the gospel is not good news to all. <laughs> this is saying that that these apostles lived and walked with Jesus Christ, that they were given the gospel message to share with others the same way we have, okay? So I'm going to go through these three imperatives from this passage that I see that I think are important to the good news of the gospel and to realize that the good news is for everyone. The gospel, first of all, is good news that must be preached. So the first verse of this passage here conveys that Peter opened his mouth. It says Peter opened his mouth. That's the very beginning in verse 34. And Peter refers to Jesus' command to preach the gospel. Um, In verse 42, he says, And to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. So Peter references the call to preach the gospel. This is likely a reference to the Great Commission. Matthew 28, when Jesus was ascending, he gave that commission to those, and to us, really, who, who, who observed him ascending. And so Peter's call to preach here is a similar reminder to what Paul says in his letter to the Romans. In Romans 10, 14 through 15, he says this, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? So see, there's a sequence here. They are sent, they preached, people hear, people believe. And he's going in reverse order. <laughs> How can they believe if they haven't heard? How can they hear if they have a, if, if there's no one to preach? How can they preach unless they're sent? So on and so forth. So suffice it to say that Christians, all believers, are called to preach. And a common notion is that believers should befriend someone, build a relationship before sharing the gospel with that person. Now, I'm not diminishing the importance of relationships, okay? It's important that we build relationships particularly with um, people who are not Christians because uh, we are called to witness in all of our daily tasks, tasks and activities and those relationships help that. They are 
uh, conduits through which we can share the gospel. But keep in mind that Peter here is likely speaking to people he has never met, as the other apostles did the majority of their ministries, even Jesus. And so the inference here, what I'm saying is that the gospel needs to be preached at all times to all people, regardless of the level of the relationship. Okay, Christians should be prepared to give an account of Jesus Christ at all times. Peter talks about this more in 1 Peter 3.15. And believers tend to make preaching very complicated, more complicated than it needs to be. And there are certainly deep truths in the Bible itself and in the gospel itself, but preaching the foundation of its message is not difficult and it's not as complicated as we make it. I'm a both-and person. I think the gospel is both deep and simple. It's, it is both. And I am an advocate of planning conversations, okay? I really am. So when someone has a gospel conversation with someone, I'm an advocate of kind of preparing ahead of time, if possible. But that's not always possible. And the key here is that believers should know at all times the message of the gospel so that they could present it to a lost and dying world. The the gospel message is good news, okay? It's good news, and it's uh, it's also necessary news. So often we treat it as good news, but not necessary news. In other words, it's, it's icing on the cake. It's not the cake itself. The gospel is the cake, and it's the icing. It's both. The gospel is good news, but it is necessary for all people. We need to treat it as an urgent message. But so often Christians seem to be casual with the only existing message of hope available. I remember years ago, Penn Jillette, who was a comedian and and entertainer um, and an atheist, a professed atheist. And someone asked him what they thought of what he thought about Christians witnessing to people. Uh, They they refer to it as proselytizing, I believe. But um, he said, look, I don't have any problem with that. Now, this is a, a professing atheist, right? He said, I don't have a problem with that. If you had the good news that you believed is necessary to save someone and save their life from eternal damnation, how much do you have to hate that person not to tell them? <laughs> and I'm not saying there are not wise, un, there, there are not unwise ways to share the gospel. You know, one of the most obvious is somebody knocking on your door and the first thing they begin with is, well, if you died today, yeah, that's a great way to start a conversation. That's, that may be an unwise way, but as quickly as possible, get to the point, get to the gospel message and their decision is not on you. That is, that is between them and the Holy Spirit. The church should treat the preaching of the gospel as it is, an urgent need. And so Christ's call to preach endures, and we need to be obedient to it. So that's the first imperative. Uh, the gospel is good news that must be preached. The gospel is also good news that centers around Jesus. So Uh, The majority of the passage here that I read communicates the Christocentricity of the gospel because without Christ's mediation, all of humanity would be utterly hopeless. And so Peter tells the story here. I'm not going to read it again, but he tells the story of Christ's uh, life, death, and his resurrection in this passage because this is the foundation of the gospel for all believers, and this is the foundation of the good news that we are to preach. And so while deep and mysterious theological topics abound and should be examined, okay, I am not saying that every word of the Bible does not matter. Every word of the Bible matters. 
every single word. And so there are people that try to negate some topics in the Bible that are difficult and that are controversial. They're important too. And some of them are challenging. I'm not negating that, okay? But because these, uh, while these things exist and should be examined, if we don't grasp the weight of the foundation of the gospel, the threefold mystery of faith, all other thoughts are futile. And the threefold mystery of faith, what I mean by that is the historical saying and the truth that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. If we don't grasp that and understand that as the foundation, everything else on top of that is futile. So Jesus is central to the gospel, to the good news, because he mediates a new and better covenant. And Hebrews talks about that in Hebrews chapter 8. And so it shouldn't be that the church preaches Jesus when all else fails. You know, you hear that, when all else fails, preach Jesus. No, that's not, we should preach Jesus always and no matter the situation, because he is the gospel. The gospel centers around and is Jesus Christ. So Peter understands the centrality of Jesus here and proclaims the story of Christ to the Gentiles. Likewise, Christians should, uh, today should proclaim the gospel that centers around Christ and his already accomplished work on the cross. Today, we, ex- we celebrate part of that work, the resurrection. And so today, as believers around the globe celebrate Jesus' resurrection, Christ is central to all Christian activity and to the good news of the gospel. So so the imperatives here are that the good news must be preached and that the good news centers around Jesus. So if the good news centers around Jesus and it must be preached, we need to preach Jesus. And the third imperative here is that the good news, uh, the gospel is good news that was planned from before the foundation of the world. Verse 43, I'm going to read that one more time. Uh, Peter says to him, all the prophets, is, uh, all the prophets bear witness, and that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Revelation thirteen eight references the Lamb who was slain from before the foundation of the world, and Peter furthermore here mentions the prophets who bear witness to Christ. Now consider this: the prophets were centuries before Christ, but they bore witness to Christ. And so it should be reason that the cross, hear me, was not a secondary plan. It was not plan B. It was not like God had a plan A and then Adam and Eve messed it up. So he has to go to plan B. No, that was the original plan. Adam and Eve did not. If we, if we believe that we can somehow mess up God's plan, how foolish are we to think that we can thwart the most powerful creator, the most powerful being in the universe, the creator of the universe, God himself, by just making a mistake. Nothing thwarts God's plans. And so the cross was not a secondary plan, but Christ's death and resurrection have been the means necessary for the good news of the gospel from before time began. In fact, I've talked about this before in this podcast, um, the uh, covenant of redemption. Uh, Many people refer to the covenant of grace, And this is the covenant um, that God makes with humankind uh, to send the Messiah. But prior to that, there's great evidence, and I believe this exists, the covenant of redemption or the the solus pactus, the uh, uh, pactus. Um, So this is the pact between um, God, the, the triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
Um, this is the covenant that the three members of the Trinity made with each other as to how the redeemed and chosen people would be saved, and it was through Jesus Christ. And this was before time began and eternity passed. And so this was planned from the beginning. The prophets, hundreds of years before Christ walked the earth, pointed to the coming Messiah and certainly looked to his hope. Many seem to question, and maybe you've heard this this year, why the Friday before Resurrection Sunday is often given the name Good Friday. It's because Christ's death has been and had been the eternal plan from before time began and the only plan that would satisfactorily glorify triune God. And so Christ's death is actually good. It is a good thing because it glorifies God. Now, the sin that caused that is not good. Nevertheless, part of God's plan. So Christ, here's the best news. Christ did not stay dead but he rose on Sunday. So the gospel is good news not only because Christ died for the sin of his people, but also that he rose and lives eternally today. Think about that. I talk about this sometime, that Christ rose and lives. In Matthew, uh, in, in fact, um, 40 days from today, we will celebrate Ascension Day. The Sunday after that will be Ascension Sunday. And this is a reminder that Christ rose in bodily form, that he ascended in bodily form, that today he still lives and exists. Okay, think about this. Again, not a magic man in the sky, but that he lives and exists as flesh. Resurrected flesh nonetheless, but flesh. He lives as flesh. How amazing is that? There's a good book called Christ, um, Christ Ascended, and it's about... Um, the, the implications of Christ's uh, perpetual incarnation, that he is still incarnate. He is still God the Son incarnate. And so when you read Hebrews and, and you read that he intercedes on our behalf, that he understands, it's not just that he used to be able to understand because he was human, but he still understands to this day because he still is flesh. So the gospel is good news because Christ lives eternally. And so the gospel is good news because the plan of God from before time began succeeds and overcomes everything, including the depravity of humanity and the evil of Satan. So there's three imperatives here and just go back through them. Uh, the, the gospel is good news that needs to be preached. It's good news that centers around Jesus. Therefore, Jesus must, must be preached. And it is good news from before the foundation of the world. The good news of the gospel, <laughs> the best part of it, is not that humankind messed up God's plan, but God saved it. That's not how it works. The gospel, the good news of the gospel was the plan from the beginning, from before time began. And God's plans succeed. And so we need to rejoice in the gospel, even as many believers today are worshiping in isolation, this Resurrection Sunday beginning this Easter season of 2020 should be a time of rejoicing because the good news of the gospel has been proclaimed and it's being employed in the lives of Christians around the world. So this is good news that should cause believers to joyfully proclaim the story of Jesus Christ because he is central to the gospel. And we should boldly preach the message urgently to a lost and dying world. Not casually, but urgently. 
And, and we all can be better at this. Not only when all else fails, but at all times, the church needs to remember and declare the threefold mystery, the truth of faith. And the good news of the gospel, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. So I'll leave you with this um, on this resurrection day. A message to the enemy, quiver with fear, serpent of deception, for sin has been nullified, death has been defeated, and the one whose heel you have struck has crushed your head. And he who was in the tomb has risen and eternally reigns supreme. Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for joining me today on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.